0: Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be career work for myself or others. Well, I've got an email here from a guy who's young, I think he's 19 years old. And I I do a lot of, at least half my phone sessions are with people that are in this particular situation. I talk to guys that are in their 50s and their 60s. They maybe have had a successful career their whole lives, but maybe they're at the point where they just want a new chapter their lives or they really want to pursue their real true passions in life but they've got a lot of things that they really like and I also got a lot of things or a few things that they really love and what's interesting when I do these phone sessions with people is like I ask them to tell me about the things they really love and they're most passionate about so I can help them figure out their purpose and mission and 99.9 percent of them They start off, they tell me one or two things they really love and they start telling me, well, I really like this and I really like that. And the idea is to get to your true driving force needs. Those are the the needs that are innate and natural to you and everybody has a unique combination of things they really truly love and they're really passionate about, that they're really curious about, that they're really interested in. Because some people might have a list of 30 or 40 things that they like in life. And so when you've got a list of things that are 30 or 40 different things, you're just not going to be able to find your way and move towards what your true mission and purpose is. You have to focus on the things that you love. And the things that you love are things that on a scale of 1 to 10, they're a 10. And so this particular guy, he's working two part-time jobs. And he's got about five or six things for business ideas that he's thinking, but they're all over the map. And so he's like, what's the starting point? So I have a quote that I wrote on this particular topic and then we're gonna go through his email. And the quote says, people will work hardest at things they truly love and enjoy. Working at something you love and enjoy feels more like playing than it does work. When trying to figure out your true purpose and mission in life, you should make a list of only the things that you truly love and exclude things you simply like. Your true driving force needs are things that you love and will move you towards your true passion and mission, but following things that you only like will confuse you and take you away from your true passion and mission. When you're unsure of what you love versus what you like, then you need to experiment, research, and try working at things that appeal to you to see if it's a true passion or simply an interest. Keep changing jobs and trying new things once you determine something is not a true love and a passion so you can discover what you really love by the process of elimination and experiencing. When I was 18 years old and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I knew I really loved construction, I really knew I loved building, I loved the smell of fresh cut lumber, I loved watching things being built, I loved watching the show This Old House. And so that's what I decided to go to school for. But I also had lots of other things that I was passionate about. I was passionate about saltwater mini reef tanks and having live living coral and the special lights and the special filters and all that stuff that go along with it. And there was a time where I thought, hey, you know what? I'd like to build my own filter systems, my own self-contained systems. I thought, hey, I can make a business out of that. So I went and bought some of the Lexan that the stuff is made out of, started cutting it and working with it. And I just... By experimenting with it, I realized by experiencing it that it just didn't do it for me. I had a, a good friend of mine who I told him that eventually I wanted to buy, fix and sell houses. He says, let's go look into buying a house together and we can fix it up. So we went out and we looked at some HUD foreclosures, which HUD foreclosures were ba- basically FHA loans that had gone bad. We looked at two or three of those and I walked in, You know, the first call, I was like, I could totally see what it would look like. And I was like, we got to make an offer on this. And then he just would never follow through on it with me. And things just didn't – and I didn't have much money back then. So I didn't really have the money or the credit to be able to buy something like that. But I was looking at it. I was exploring it. I was trying to do it. And even when I, I eventually moved to Orlando, I had another guy who was a good friend of mine. He was already in real estate and myself, him and another guy, we were going to get together and start a business doing real estate. And then his wife kind of – Shot that idea down and he went into the property management. He's been very successful over the years, he's got a really large company. And then I obviously went on with my guys that eventually became partners with. We built seven multi million dollar corporations, we were grossing about seven million a year. And we did really well for a lot of years that I was in it. But even you know, I experimented with a lot of different things. There were some MLM things that I looked at. And I, you know, I think everybody, when they're in their 20s and they're young, they look at those MLM things because you they they sell you on the lifestyle and how good it's going to feel, playing on your emotions, and how much money you can make. And when you're young and you want to make money, and okay, hey, this is great. But at the end of the day, if you're not really passionate about the product or the services they're providing, you're just not going to work that hard at it. And that's why most people that join those kinds of things never stick with it because they don't really believe in what they're doing. They don't really love the product or love the service that they're getting, getting into. And that's why it never goes anywhere with them. I had several general contractors that I worked for before I eventually started my own company. I started out working for a small general contractor. And then when I got bored and I felt like I knew everything that that company and the type of projects that they were doing could teach me, I went to work for a medium-sized company that was doing development work because I thought, hey, I might want to develop single-family home communities or or build luxury condominiums. And those were some of the projects that this particular Company was doing. So I got to see the development side and also got to do some larger projects. And after working for them for a couple of years, same thing. I got bored, was doing a lot of estimating, a lot of bidding on jobs as well because the projects that I had gotten hired for were finishing up or had finished up. And I was getting to the point where I went from loving this job to literally forcing myself to get out of bed in the morning. And a lot of the guys that I worked with had worked for. Syntex Rooney at one point earlier in their careers and they talked about these really big hundred million dollar plus type of jobs. And I ended up going to work for Syntex Rooney because I wanted to experience what it was like to work for those the big really big company, the really big projects, and so I worked on the Coronado Springs Resort at Disney World. At the time it was a hundred and fifty million dollar job and back then it's you know, twenty fucking years ago. That'd be a three, four hundred million dollar project in today's dollar. But it was great because there's 2,000 rooms, a 300,000 square foot convention center, and you work with Disney people. I mean, they're some of the best, most creative people in the world. And so I got to see what it was like to build and manage a a project of that scope. It was a two year long project from start to finish. And after about a year of working there, it was interesting because I went to work there. After about six, eight weeks, I was fucking bored. I was like, you know, this is exactly what I was doing for the last company just on a much larger scale but because the company was so big and things were so compartmentalized because the dollar value of the subcontracts were so big like the I remember the landscaping package was like a 30, 33 million dollar subcontract and that was just one of the things that I was working on at the time when I finally left and I was just, I got bored. I was like okay now I, I know how to build. I know how to estimate. I know how to make things look really awesome. I have my degree by that time. I have my GC license and I was like it's time to go and do this for real. So I quit my job and borrowed fifty grand on my credit cards and I jumped in feet first. And so it was just – I had – the idea is that when I got bored with something and I no longer felt challenged or no longer felt like, well, I don't want to go in this direction, I knew it was time to make a change. And that's what I see a lot of people don't do. When they get to that point when they realize that their job sucks – and they need to do something about it, either making a lateral move in the company to a different type of position or just going to work somewhere else or maybe even going into a completely different industry or going back to school, they just stick with it and they talk themselves into doing it because it's easy and then before you know it, 20, 30 years have gone by and you spent your life working a job you hated and it has a really negative effect. On a, I mean think about it. If you're getting up every day forcing yourself to go to a job you hate, it's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect the type of friendships that you have. It's going to affect your body. You're not going to feel like going and working out and taking care of your body because you don't feel like you're really living your purpose and what you were put on this earth to do because you're only going to work hardest in something that when you wake up in the morning, you can't wait to get involved and you can't wait to tear into it because when you work at something you love, it's like playing. It doesn't feel like work, but when you're having to work at something that you don't like, it really feels like work. It feels like a chore even though you're getting a steady paycheck. Even if you're getting paid a lot of money to do something, if you don't like it, You're just never going to be really awesome and really great at it and really enjoy your life. And it's going to have a negative effect on every area of your life. So let's get into his email. He says, hey, Corey. First, I'd like to thank you for all the knowledge you give out and everything it has taught me, especially with women. I'm glad that I found your work at such a young age, 19, as it's slowly helping me create a future where I am a young, confident alpha male, surround myself with abundance in every aspect of life and get what I want. Dude, I think it's awesome. Young guy like you, 19 years old, learn all this. God, I mean just the stuff that I know now that, and all the life experience I have. It's like you get, someone like you get the total benefit of that wisdom. You don't have to go through 25, 28 years of all the stuff that I went through. You can learn all that stuff in literally a matter of weeks and months. And that's what's really amazing. You always should study other people who are more successful than you. On my my website under the products tab, I've got over 50 books and DVDs and products, things that are great self-help products or biographies or the wisdom of some of the richest, most successful people that have ever lived that you should go and check those things out. You should always be learning. It's just like what I think was Socrates said employ yourself in studying other people's writings or teachings so that you shall gain easily what others have labored hard for and so by sharing things like this in a video some kid that's 19 by the time he gets to be my age just imagine how much more successful and how much more interesting experiences that he will have by that that point and think about how he can then pass all that knowledge and experience on to the next younger group of guys that are in the situation that he's in right now twenty thirty years from now pay it forward if you will since the age of fifteen i've been working two part-time jobs one on the weekends and one for a few days during the week i think it's great that tells me that you're a hard worker because i was working when i was in high school and it's nice to be able to work and make money because it gave you money to buy beer and, and, and experience things and buy clothes and put nice cool things on my car or put a new stereo in or put rims on it or whatever it was that I, I wanted to do back then. It's nice to have your own money and especially if you you think you might want to start a business, it's good to work at a job because I, I was talking to an, a guy yesterday who's been a lifelong entrepreneur but he's kind of got this idea in his head that he's got this new business he's going to start and in two to three months he can get it up and running. But most of his business is going to come from the internet. But yet he's never built a website before. He's never done any internet marketing. He doesn't know anything about it. And I let him know it's – I mean that's really completely unrealistic to think that in two to three months you're going to be able to start a business that's going to take off. So what I encouraged him to do was to keep the job that he had, downsize, reduce his expenses, live like a college student, live like a broke college student would, even if you're 50 or 60 years old. Your revenues should always exceed your expenses because if you don't, it's just a matter of time before you're going to run out of money and then you're in a, a worse position. Then you have to go get a shitty job under a stressful situation. You make better decisions when you're in a peaceful, relaxed state. And If he's going to build a business, I said, you got to figure it might take you five or ten years. Even if you think you're, you're going to figure it out in two to three months, realistically, That's not going to happen. Any successful entrepreneur will tell you that being successful at anything in life is going to take you longer than you think it's going to. It's going to be harder than you think it's going to be. and It's going to take a hell of a lot more money than you think it's going to So if you think whatever you think the money it's going to take, it's usually going to take two to three times the amount of capital that you think it's going to take to invest in to finally figure out your business model and get it working and getting it profitable to the point where it can support you. If you think it's going to take a year to get it done, more than likely it'll take three or four. That's just that's just the way it is. Even Steve Jobs had the same thing with his companies. I mean, Pixar Pictures. He he fucked around with that company for eight nine years before, and they had really great animation, but like they tried to sell it to corporations, and they he finally got the idea. You know what? We should make a really great animated movie with this technology because it's better than anything that anybody's doing. Who makes really great movies that are animated? Disney. It was a no-brainer when you really think about it, but it took him eight years to get to that point. So he went and he sat down with the Disney people. He says, We got this really great software. And they had done a few shorts with their animation software. And they're like, wow, this stuff is just so cutting edge and so much further ahead of anything that anybody's doing. Let's partner up on this. And then after 10 years, two years later after that, they released Toy Story and that was in 1995. Steve Jobs had invested, I think it was like, something like $50 million, which was half the money that he walked away with from Apple when he got booted out of the company in the early 90s. So it took him a decade, $50 million of his money and all his friends were like, dude, he's fucking lost it. You've just pissed away all that fucking money. You're not going to get any of it back. Toy Story comes out, becomes the most successful animated movie of all time, three months, I think it was three months, a few weeks later, Pixar had an IPO and then they had an IPO and it was worth, I don't know, one, one and a half, two billion $2 billion, something like that. So it took him a decade. He would make a fucking dime on it. He was losing money every year for eight fucking years and we're not talking about a few thousand dollars. We're talking $50 million he invested in that. There's no such thing as a bad idea, only bad plans. The plan that they were employing to make Pixar work, it didn't work. It took eight years to figure out the right business model, the right way to take that technology and utilize it. And then when he finally sold before he passed away, they sold Pixar Pictures to Disney, I think it was worth seven or eight billion dollars or something like that. So a 50 million dollar investment yielded seven, eight billion dollars. That's a pretty fucking good return. But most people would have long since given up, but he just kept changing his approach and trying this and trying that and trying all kinds of different models. But he had a passion for it and the team of animators that he had that were part of Pixar, they all believed in technology and they believed in what they were doing and they knew they had something really great. They just didn't know what to do with it. But they all loved it and they had a passion for it. They had a fire in it. It's like as soon as Steve Jobs saw the technology, when George Lucas is like, hey, you want to buy this? I think he bought it for four or five million dollars. Steve Jobs immediately saw that there could be something great in it. It's the same thing when Steve Wozniak had, if you have read Steve Jobs' biography, they had that little box that would dial long distance. The Woz, Steve Wozniak, as they call him the Woz, he was like, This is just a really cool thing. Check this out. And Steve Jobs looked at it, he's like, hey, we can sell these things. And so they started selling them, and then the phone company found out about it. After they sold a bunch of them. They said, You can't do this anymore. So they had to stop that. But then they you know they got into personal computers at that point, and right away he could see what it would eventually become or how it could be utilized. He just had to figure out a way to package it up when he went in, he sat down with Xerox, and they were showing him their graphical interface and the mouse you know left and the and the right click buttons. He saw immediately what it could be utilized for, and the interesting thing was the executives at Xerox, the older executives were like they just totally torpedoed the idea with their staff. and They, they couldn't see the vision of what it could be used for. And then Steve Jobs comes out and uses the, the graphical interface. He basically copied it. He's a great artist steal and that's what he did. He saw what they had, but the people at Xerox didn't know what they had and he turned it into a, a billion dollar idea. That was what was amazing about him because it, it takes a really long time to, to figure out a business model, the right way to do something and it's really fucking hard. And if you don't love it, if you're not really passionate about your, what you're doing, when things get hard and they get difficult and it looks hopeless, you're just going to give up. Because I mean eight years of failure. I mean really if you look at it, Pixar Pictures, it failed for 10 years. It failed right up until they released Toy Story. So how many people will spend a decade failing at something and investing tens of millions of dollars of their money and not getting anything in return and then finally see it through? The only reason he, he stuck with it is because he loved it. He had a passion for it. He believed in it. It's what got him up in the morning. It kept him up late at night. He was always thinking about it, working with his team. And that's why he figured it out and that's why he made the big buck because most people, quite frankly, don't have the balls to pursue something like that. That's why I place such a high emphasis on it because everything I've ever done and been successful in my life, I stuck with it because I believed in it. I fucking loved it. I experimented with other things, but the bottom line is I kept moving towards what I really wanted in life. So let's get back to this guy's email. So he says, however, during my many years of working and my time at university, I'm slowly coming to the realization that I would much rather work for myself. Invest my money and time in me and slowly create a world where I have money working for me and not working for money. It's a good approach. I think my first money goal would be to hit one million. Now notice what he says next. He's got he's kind of scatterbrained, he's kinda all over the place. I have a few business ideas: clothing, cake and sweet shops. I guess a candy store, making cakes, cupcakes and even advertisements that go on the cars. Well, out of any of those things, unless you're really crazy about the idea, unless you really love and believe in the product and you feel like it's what you're putting the earth to do, you're really just looking at, oh, I can make money at this. And You'll never work hard enough at something that you're trying to make money at to make it successful if it's not something you really love. You'll just give up when it gets hard and it gets difficult because it feels like work. And if you're investing, you know, you're working two part-time jobs, and that's the money that you're using to fuel these new business any new business idea that you're doing, and you're thinking, I'm working hard, and I'm taking all this money and I'm dumping in this company, it's not getting me anywhere, and I'm not really enjoying what I'm doing, you're just gonna quit, and then on top of that, now you've got a failure and you got all this money that you pissed away, and that's a really negative event. And you become emotionally anchored in a negative way to that. So more likely. Once you've had a failure like that, most people never take a risk again and they just spend the rest of their life punching a clock and making other people money because they think, hey, I tried it. It didn't work. I guess I'm not meant to be an entrepreneur. It's not that they had a bad idea. They just had a bad plan. He says, "All would benefit from starting online. I would also at one point in life like to go into the property market where I'd renovate a worn-down house and either sell or rent it. You should only go into real estate if you really, truly love – And I'm a pa- I love to build. I still have that creative urge to build and renovate things. I'm really passionate about that and I always will be and it's something that I will always do for the rest of my life because I'm fucking good at it and I know it like the back of my hand. I also am considering making a YouTube channel where I play video games, make reviews on games and or films and possibly give out my knowledge and help like you do. You notice how he's just – all kinds of different directions here. The, the largest YouTube channel is PewDiePie. He's got something like 30 – 37 million subscribers I think. He's the largest YouTube channel and the guy just plays fucking video games. He makes about $4 million a year on ads that are shown on his website and merchandise and he loves playing video games. and He's funny as shit. He's got great commentary and he – so you see a picture of him and watching the actual video game as he's playing it on screen when he's doing it, but he loves that. That's his true passion. So instead try and be a second-rate version of himself, you need to be a first-rate version of yourself. I'm guessing what I'm asking you in, the, in this email is firstly, where would I start in regards to making a business and making a successful startup and secondly, creating a lot of wealth where I can create the future that I want full of abundance and I don't have to sacrifice while helping friends and family get the life that they desire and deserve. Or while helping friends and family. So you'd like to help your friends and family. That's an admirable goal. I'm very money motivated and willing to work hard to become a millionaire. Well, the idea is you don't become a millionaire by focusing on making money. You focus on adding value either through a product or a service. And so the first thing you need to do is you need to make a list of only the things that you love. I, it's like I, I, all the time when I'm doing photo sessions with people, they tell me two or three three things that they love and they go – Well, I really like this. I said, again, you're talking about something you like. That's just going to take you in the wrong direction. Tell me about something you love. And the next sentence, well, I really like this. I said, you said it again. You said the word like. That's not a love. And sometimes it's like pulling teeth to get it out of people because they've got so many rules and so many conflicting beliefs in their head. And that, as a life coach is what I can help them point out. I listen to their self-talk. I listen to what comes out of their mouth. And the average person usually has a list of anywhere from six to about 12 things they really truly love. Or maybe they had a they have a job that they're working at and maybe one or two things about their job they really love. So I get them to, to pull those things out as well. I get them to talk about their hobbies, their interests, things they love, things that they have a passion for, things that they're really curious about, that they're really interested in. And sometimes it's just one or two of those things in addition – like I had another guy I was talking to. Yesterday, he's in the advertising industry and he, he got the job that he always wanted to get to when he was younger. But his current job on a scale of one to ten, it's only a five as far as being emotionally compelling. So there were two or three things about his current job that he really loved. And so when I was going through the things that – just pulling the stuff out of him, the things that he really loved, one of the things that jumped out was he like, I really love technology. Technology and something else, I can't remember what it was. Technology and new things or something like that. And so as we started talking, I said, You got this great background in advertising and you love technology. It was like, it really stuck out like a sore thumb when he talked about it. You could hear it in his voice and you could hear the passion. And so we've got a list of, I don't know, I think it was like nine things that he had that he really loved. And so after we got through them, the obvious thing I suggest to him is like you can take your knowledge and your skills in the advertising agency and use that and apply it in the technology field. He says, I know I, I got a friend, good friend that works at Apple and I got a good friend that works at Facebook. I think he said he knows somebody else that works at Google as well. I was like, that's perfect. Those are the people you need to be talking to. And I sent him a link to the article, how to get any job you want. And the idea is to find a career path where he can use his skills that he's already developed and then apply that in the technology field. So it's really just kind of pivoting from what he's doing, taking what he already knows and getting involved in a sector of the business community that he really loves and has a passion for. And so the idea is go work for somebody else and learn on their dime. You think you want to become an entrepreneur, go into an industry that you really love, and work for them and try things out see how you like it learn on their dime get paid to, in essence you're going to school while you're getting paid in other words the school is you're, you're working for somebody you're learning their business model how they advertise how they get clients how they run their business how they determine what products and services to offer people so by going and working for – that's why I went and worked for the largest, best and most successful construction company in the world at the time in the back of the 90s was, was Syntex Construction Group. They were the largest builder in the world in the mid-90s and I worked for Syntex Rooney and they did the best stuff and the best and the biggest projects in the company and I went – I got a job working for them. Same formula that I teach and how to get any job you want is what I used to get the job is Syntex Rooney and I knew some people that already worked in the company who I had met through school and I utilized those contacts and so it was fairly easy for me to get a job. I had experience. I had background and I went and tried it and even though ultimately I didn't stay or become a lifer, I got experience doing that. So I got to try and I got paid and then eventually I, I continued to fall back on what I always wanted to do which was buy, fix and sell single-family homes. And I did that. I went into it. Eventually got into general real estate. Eventually got into mortgages. And eventually became a life coach and I still love to build. I just build for myself and I do things that I really love and I really enjoy. The idea is to experiment. If you're not sure what you want to do, if you're not sure of what you really love or you don't think there's anything you could say, I really truly love this, then go explore and go work for somebody. Work as an, as a, an unpaid I, – I went and got an unpaid internship in the construction industry working for a general contractor and after a month, I proved myself. They hired me full time. So go work for somebody. But once you realize the job sucks or it's not what you thought it was, either make a lateral move or go work for somebody else. Don't get stuck in a shitty job thinking it's going to get better because you always want to be changing and adapting your approach, especially once you realize that what you're doing is – once something no longer is a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, it's time to make a change. And By trying things that you think are interesting, that are compelling to you, that are exciting, and by working for somebody else – You can determine if you really want to do it. and By working for somebody for two or three years, it's already got the kind of business you'd love to have and you learn everything about it. Then you can go and start your own company and you know you're going to be successful because you were doing it for somebody else. You'll be able to do it for yourself. So if you'd like to get my help personally with something like this to help you figure out your purpose, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen and book a paid phone session. and I will talk to you soon.